Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights, the missing link. What player or type of player does VGK need to contend for the cup in 2023? Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, and you could follow us on Locked On VGK on Twitter and on YouTube when that channel's working. Myself, I'm at Tony Dasco on Twitter. Chris Golick is at TD Chris G on Twitter. And thank you for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen each and every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. So, Chris, I'm going through the list of unrestricted free agents this morning and looking for that missing link, perhaps a player, some players that could fit in, in Kelly McCrimmon's words, the shiny new toy, or perhaps the type of player that could fit the type of player as well. Um, and so when you look through this list of unrestricted free agents, uh, the gem, the jewel, if you will, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, that's a guy that I would try to go after. You have to put Jack Eichel paired with someone that could play his type of game. Get rid of all of this dead weight. There's so much for VGK. Uh, the cap hit for him currently is close to $7 million. 28-year-old left winger, and he might want term. And he's the hottest name on the market right now. The other winger who's out there uh, that I see a lot of mentions from some of our Twitter friends, uh, Philip For uh, Forsberg. Philip Forsberg who made $6 million a year in his last contract, looking for more, looking for term as well. Uh, VGK does not need a center, but Nazim Kadri is out there, a strong defenseman who could fit into the mix, I thought could be like a Nashville's uh, John Klingberg, but he mm -hmm. makes $4 million now, right? And he's looking to double his salary. That's not going to happen in the VGK world, but out of that list, or perhaps, you know, give us, the type of player that you think VGK needs to fill a void, to fill a gap, if you will, this upcoming season? There's a lot of different ways to go about this and trimming the dead weight for, you know, Johnny Goudreau or Philip Forsberg. Uh, that sounds nice and all, but once you trim, first of all, how do you define the dead weight right now? I mean, Riley Smith is not dead weight, but his salary is a large weight along with the Donoff and we can go on. And even once we shave, you know, let's say between seven and 12 million, we're still only two or 3 million away from the salary cap at that point. So there would be a lot of moving parts if they want to bring in um, high priced talent, if you will, like Forsberg and Johnny Goudreau, sexy names, shiny new toys. So it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, VGK does dabble a little bit into something like that. Um, as far as what's missing for, to kind of tackle that side of this first, Chandler Stevenson is what is missing. I don't mean another Chandler Stevenson, that type of player. I mean, that type of diamond in the rough player who might be, you know, a sub $3 million contract and someone who is going to, contributes, you know, somewhere in that 50 to 70 point range. So we don't necessarily have to retool the roster top to bottom. Uh, Dave Perron is a free agent again at $4 million. How about that? If uh, something goofy 
where did it happen? Um, Andrew Kopp. Andrew Kopp uh, traded from the Winnipeg uh, deadline acquisition for your New York Rangers. That's hopefully the type of range maybe BGK should be looking in somewhere in that three to $5 million range. He's obviously going to be due for a little bit of a bump uh, considering uh, how things are going in the playoffs right now. VGK isn't going to be bottom feeding in the free agency pool, but they're going to need to find someone who maybe was buried on a roster. Someone who is not necessarily getting the amount of minutes that, they desired, which again goes right back to the story about Chandler Stevenson. Um, Andrew Kopp could possibly be that player, but he's he's already at, at three point six million dollars traded in the offseason. He's getting a lot of fanfare for his deep run with the Rangers, which might get him paid a little bit more in the offseason. Uh, kind of scrolling back through someone like Cody Eakin, he's going to be available again. Um, I mean, it's it, it, get, it turns into a wasteland pretty fast just when you kind of scroll down and you start hitting that, you know, $2.5 million range. So there is not a lot out there right now. The main target is going to be someone who can contribute, let's say, let's call it 40 points, who is going to cost $3 million plus or minus. And there is not much out there. There is not much out there. So if EGK is going to make another splash, I mean, Johnny Goudreau, that would be absolutely amazing if they found a way. Goudreau and, and uh, Jack Eichel coming at you. And then, you know, with uh, Mark Stone and uh, Max Pacioretty on the next line, haven't even mentioned a misfit yet. I mean, that would be a, an awesome top six or top nine forward combination. I just don't see VGK being able to make that type of splash, though. I feel that the Golden Knights need, uh, again, I'm watching this model that they've built in New York. They need a grinder slash enforcer, and they do. And that was mm-hmm. missing. That was a big part, a big piece. I said they were too finesse throughout the entire season. And they need someone, and, you know, they're not available, but, you know, maybe you go out and you manufacture a trade or something, but uh, like a Nicholas Delorier type, an enforcer, um, another enforcer like a Ross Johnston of the Islanders. He's only in – he just signed a new four-year deal, I believe, uh, I thought I read that he, he signed a four-year deal this past season and he's only coming in at a million. If you could maybe, you know, trade away some pieces there to the Islanders and get someone like that doesn't score a lot of goals, but they don't have that physical presence on the ice. That was something that was lacking for the Golden Knights this past season. And then also, Chris, they need depth players. So going to the enforcer side, I'm, I have flipped, Tony. I'm, I, I have famously flipped to the dark side that, you know, the enforcer type, the Ryan Reeves, not just the enforcer, but the personality that is helpful for any NHL roster. And you look at the last uh, four teams remaining, they all have that player. Uh, Edmonton, Evander Kane. I mean, yes, he's scoring goals and having a, a resurgence, so to speak. Uh, Maroon for Tampa, obviously Reeves on uh, the Rangers. And then Nazim Kadri, like you just said a second ago, he is that just rat type uh, Brad Marchand, but he's also going to put up points while he buries you into the boards and just walks that dangerous line of finishing checks to just being an outright dirty player. Um, I mean, Jay Beagle is out there, 36-year-old Jay Beagle. Is he going <laughs> to... 
you know, is he still around? Um, I've mentioned this name before. I don't know if he's ready to take on that type of leadership, but you have Jermaine Lowen down in Henderson. He's a very big body, fourth line grinder. He does have good hands for his size, and he could be a player that steps up from Henderson if they feel his legs are ready for the NHL level. He's got the body composition. He is a big, big body that will throw you through the boards. He will fight you uh, when the need is there. And I've seen him, you know, I just, I mentioned soft hands. I've seen a few different times where he just cuts right through the slot and is able to generate a scoring chance. So if his, uh, what's the terminology I'm looking for? Um, uh, If his form, if his um, agility, skill set, all of that, if that can catch up to his body size, he could be that player. And maybe uh, his personality can form and come into his own in that VGK locker room that is loaded with tons of personality. I hate to keep going back to the Rangers, but just the way that they built this team, you talked about the midseason acquisitions at the deadline, all these role players that are fitting in. And look at like a Frankie Vetrano for uh, the New York Rangers, who Gerard Gallant said the best part of his game, he goes, he just shoots the puck, does not look to pass first. This was a pass first VGK team this past season. And this is a team that has to learn how to be more aggressive in the offensive zone. So the key word that I heard there was how they built this team. The New York Rangers weren't born overnight. They struggled for a couple of years to get to this point. And VGK hasn't had that struggle while we built a team of with youngsters. You have the kid line that we can start there. Uh, it took a year and a half for Lafreniere to, to find his own, but he's finally uh, getting there. And a lot of the other pieces on the Rangers the Golden Knights have not been developing that pipeline. The, the way the season started, I kind of felt that we were. But you look at the players that did come up. Some players did well. Lecision uh, was one of the first ones that stand out. Ron Bierg, uh, Paul Cotter had a, a cup of coffee uh, with the Golden Knights as well. But are those players ready to take on a role? Should Riley Smith say what you want about the Donoff, but he's going to be an everyday roster player when healthy? So should the Donoff, should Riley Smith leave and then insert any other, you know, impending free agents or, you know, $4 million piece that we might need to trade to free up some cap space. Do we have, has that pipeline started the developmental process? And my answer is no, Tony, it's Mm -hmm. not. I think we're still two or three years away from uh, some of the Silver Knight players making a noticeable impact sure you can put those guys on the fourth line for a game and they'll be fine but our fourth line is uh carrier colasar and nick Wah. i think of all the lines they want to keep that line intact so now are we going to put the henderson horsies for line three i don't know about that yeah and again it's going to be the henderson silver knights were a reflection of the vegas golden knights they ran that same stinky system i can say that uh, that Pete DeBoer had run and, uh, you know, cause that's why he was able to plug and play a lot of those players. But now again, with a new head coach and a new system uh, that's probably going to permeate the Henderson silver Knights organization as well. So it's going to get real interesting around here and real fast, but they do need to develop players and we can get into that as this summer continues in the off season, but coming up next are Gerard yep. Gallant's, New York Rangers for real. 
You are listening to Locked On Vegas Golden Knights. Make every day your birthday with Built Bar's Birthday Cake Puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake covered in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles. So, so good. They send us a nice little package, a care package of Built Bar's Birthday Cake Puffs. And myself and Chris agree they were delicious. 150 calories, 16 grams of protein, only 9 grams of sugar, and this limited-time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety as well in your day. And again, covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy, and you actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently, and it is really a delicious option. Go to Built.com. Make sure that you check it out. They've got all sorts of uh, options for you at Built.com. And again, Chris and I like those birthday cake puffs, and you have to check it out and go to the website today. If you haven't had puffs, I'm telling you what. It's a little secret that people don't know much about, but your friends have to know about it, and you have to pass it along. It's Built.com for 15% off if you use the promo code LOCK15. Lock 15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back on Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick coming to you from Las Vegas. And Chris, we have an important uh, favor to ask of all of our fans. We have put together a survey so we can learn more about the listeners, what they like, and again, make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like, what you don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now. Get things started. It won't take very long. Everyone that completes a survey can now qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. You got to check it out. Again, take our survey. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And thanks to everyone for your help and for making Locked On, our entire network, and Locked On VGK your first listen each and every day and so successful. Chris, okay, so I come across a Gerard Gallant quote from last night. The Rangers uh, defeat Tampa in a surprise to me and the manner in which they defeated uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Okay, so here's a quote from Gerard Gallant. Okay, and I just want to get your feedback on this. I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, so he says he looks at this Ranger team, and I say we got obviously more skill than that Vegas team had in his initial season. Um, they take it one game at a time, but five elimination games so far. He says that this team has more skill than the VGK in the inaugural season here in Las Vegas. What are your thoughts? He's now starting to take maybe some shots at the VGK at the system. Again, saying that, you know, this team now plays one game at a time. Perhaps the Golden Knights were looking too far ahead. I don't know. But he's making comparisons now between he's starting to troll VGK, I think. I don't think I don't think he's trolling. I mean, I, I've always taken Gallant at at face value and you know, just classy in general. I mean. Listen, VGK did not have a, a 52 goal score in RCB. They did not have 
Yeah, they did not have a 52-goal score. They had William Carlson, who was close, apparently, and is never going to sniff that again. Um, <laughs> you know, Kreider, Panarin, just just starting there, and um, uh, Zibanejad. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, of those three players I just mentioned, I don't think BGK had one player that had that level of talent as far as just that superstar ability. Uh, looking at the back, someone like Adam Fox, you know, Adam Fox, Shea Theodore splitting hairs. Um, I mean, maybe the, no, at the, at, I'm, I'm thinking back at that time. I mean, so much came together for the season one BGK. So much came together and there was some luck. There was just a lot of good things. Uh, amazing goaltending from Flurry. Gallant gets a ton of credit for his coaching and just being able to handle all those personalities and to, get more out of the players versus uh, value and what's expected. So I, I do completely believe that, yes, there is a lot more talents on this Rangers roster than the season one VGK. He's it's a spot on comment and he's not taking a shot there, but oof, what, a, what a game, what a game. Yeah. And uh, the one to nothing series advantage and uh, the kid line, the way that Gerard Gallant has developed that line Philip Heedle, everyone was wondering, former first-round draft choice of the Rangers, when was his game going to start to come around? They've ignited a fire within him. Um, Lafreniere starting now to play a more physical game on that kid line. He was scrappy, and a couple of times he got almost, you know, threw the gloves down and started to to throw hands in the game. And Capo Caco, uh, that line has really developed well. And that's the one thing that VGK was missing was the development of players. I felt, you know, this past season and during the Peter DeBoer, uh, I mean, who are some of the players you feel like he might have developed? I mean, Chandler Stevenson took a step forward. Was that a result of, you know, what Pete DeBoer had done with him? Uh, some of the younger guys started to play better. That fourth line, I guess uh, you might have an argument there that they started to develop as well this season, as, uh, you know, for the VGK. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I'm just racking my brain trying to think of what players from when Pete DeBoer entered to when Pete DeBoer left. Logan Thompson. Logan Thompson. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, fine. Okay. Um, trade him. Just kidding. Chandler Stevenson, big, big step forward. Uh, DeBoer should get some credit for that because he was the coach and he's the one that puts the, the nightly lines together. Um, Shea Theodore's game has improved a lot from then to now and going back to locker cleanout day the interviews patch already did throw a lot of love towards DeBoer and how his game personally has expanded directly crediting DeBoer for doing so um it's been a lot of the same players though really if you think about it, the the blue line hasn't changed a whole lot from then to now when DeBoer came um, the goaltending, I mean, we can, that's that we can have a whole show for that. I'm trying to think about what under the Raider, Raider, Radar, Jesus, it's a tough morning, Tony, tough morning. What under the Raider, um, forward has taken that big step. Nick Wah is going to be the first one that's going to come to mind for his continued increasing role. And you can put him anywhere in the lineup. Um, 
I don't think any of the misfits have taken. I mean, Carlson took a step backwards. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe uh, maybe Carlson misses Gallant, Tony. Maybe that's why he hasn't scored 40-something goals since then. We can uh, hey, that, Let's write another story that. about him. I think we need another headline for Carlson. It's been a couple of days. I think we need another story in print or a feature about William Carlson. Really okay, missing I'm sure. You can talk about when me and him were uh, throwing drinks one night. And uh, yeah, that, that's a good story, but that might be an off the camera type story. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, Tony. I really am. I normally, I normally can BS my way through something here. I'm really just trying to. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah. I mean, there hasn't been much development in this organization. And again, it's that's a not what Pete DeBoer is though, to be fair. Pete DeBoer well, is not that developmental coach. He's, you know, He's I think that's part of coaching, though, anyone. isn't it? It's got to be part of coaching, and it's got to be part of the, uh, the the franchise and the system and the of front course. office, and it filters down. And um, they've got a, a lot of talent, I still believe, you know, with the Silver Knights organization. Uh, last night, I think one of my favorite moments in the Rangers game, of course, Ryan Reeves. I'm a fanboy <laughs> of Reeves. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but he's smiling as he's getting the best of Pat Maroon. And poor uh, Belmar is underneath Reeves. It's like, so Reeves in the, in the frame, in that one photo, mm-hmm. he's sitting on top of Pierre Edward Belmar and he's got like this arm lock on the referee who's uh, sandwiched in between Reeves and Maroon. And all the while <laughs> Ryan Reeves is smiling like during his fracas. And then, Oh, what about the referee? You know, it's like, uh, he just mentioned the one, uh, Reeves penalty and then uh, like a host of others you know, were, were charged for roughing. There was oh, about yeah. six players who went off the ice, but no, it, it, this team has character, but I, my biggest question, because I'm so close to watching them every day is, and I know a lot of folks are, are questioning, you know, the Rangers, is this team for real? Is this a real team? I've said before, I felt that they were a year, perhaps a couple of years away from making an impact like they're making now but is this team for real you got the best goaltender as far as statistics go you have an awesome top nine you have solid solid defense and you have a jack adams winning coach also a jack adams nominated coach so why wouldn't they be for real? I get maybe they're all, you know, every team is always maybe a year away. I, I get that. Um, but the, everything is coming together right now nicely for the Rangers, starting with the fact that they're playing a team who has back-to-back Stanley Cup victories, which means they've played a lot of games. This is why I said in yesterday's show, Tony, I said this is going to be a battle of the youth, excitement, and just the, the naiveness, if that's even a word, the naiveness, I'm going to make it up if it's not, um, of players that necessarily haven't been this deep versus the veterans who have done this before with Tampa and the comfort they're going to have with A, playing from behind, B, playing from behind as far as the series goes. Like, you're not going to rattle Tampa. They could be down 3 nothing. They're not going to be rattled. They're not going to be firing off all these cliche quotes and stuff like that. Tampa is going to be relaxed no matter what happens. I saw a stat. I think it's either 17 or 18 and 0 off of a 18 loss. 18 and 0. 18 and 0. 18 straight. I mean, 18 yeah, straight wins for Tampa coming off of a loss. That's why game, game number two is going to be pivotal. 
Exactly. And, you know, if the Rangers can find a way to get through game two and, and win that game, then sure, everything is going to be going in their favor. But, you know, this uh, six to two or whatever the final score was last night, that gets erased with a one nothing loss. I mean, you know, cliche time again, you're not in trouble until you lose at home in the playoffs. Um, my personal perspective on the playoffs is let's let's reassess where we're at after game number four. That's, you know, when one team gets to three or you know, that's when it really starts to, to matter. And even for the Rangers, they've been, they've been down three, two twice and three, one once, and, you know, they came back and got there. So the Rangers are battle tested right now. They are resilient. There's, there's no quit in New York as the battle towels say right now, and they are for real. They can win the Stanley cup. And I do believe the Eastern conference finals is not only the Eastern conference finals, it is a Stanley cup finals because defense and goaltending wins cups that's not that's not going to happen in the west you know you're not going to see a stanley cup final that's going to be seven to four and six to five type games you're just not i think the word you were looking for is naivete i think that's the word you were looking for stop correcting me it's but it's early a lot- I haven't <laughs> coffee yet. stop yelling at me. that out there uh, it was a <laughs> delayed reaction too and the, you know and that was my internet uh, what about all those excuses though for tampa last night oh uh, suddenly they're ru- very rusty after you know it's they're a game you know it, it tied up uh rangers you know take the two to one lead they come back they, but they're rusty and that's that's a bunch of malarkey and then also it was so nice uh to see the rangers beat a non-ahl goaltender for once <laughs> Um, the, the one thing just watching that game. So I, I, my, my bet, I liked the, the best bet I liked last night was Rangers first period because I felt the Rangers would come out of the gate very strong. And they did, they scored extremely quick into the game, got the crowd going 71 I seconds. Felt Tampa, yeah. Yeah. I, I felt Tampa had the much better first period though. Tampa seemed to get stronger. They seemed to get their legs quicker. They had a lot more high quality scoring chances in that first period, especially from about, 12 minutes to go until the end. Um, I, I didn't catch the immediate start of the second period. We were just, you know, having some video game family time playing an intense Mario game on, on the Wii that you want to, you want to see some intense moments, watch our family play <laughs> Wii. But um, I'm while you're eating your built bars, while you're eating built bars. Exactly. Yes. I don't need that damn mushroom. I got the built bars. Um, but the, the lightning got stronger. And then all of a sudden I see three to two, four to two. And all of a sudden, you know, all hell broke loose. And, you know, was that Tampa maybe slowing down and being a little bit tired? Did Gallant, you know, do something as far as um, strategizing and adjustments? I mean, this, this could be the coming out party for the Rangers as far as, you know, putting that, uh, having that huge victory where they go for one or something like that against Tampa. It's in play. It really is in play right now. And I'll say it again. I think this is the Stanley Cup final right now, not next series. I think the Eastern Conference final is the Stanley Cup final. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the West, the wild, wild West, when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back on Locked On Golden Knights. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, you could check out the Locked On Now podcast. They have nightly recaps of all the NHL games down to the Final Four, with analysis from our local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcast. So the total on tonight's game, game number two, Colorado, the Avalanche, and Edmonton is seven. And as you said yesterday, 
to take an over on the seven on the seven goals, you have to lay 140. You know, I used to bet all these NHL all-star games <laughs> and the higher the total, the more money I felt I would wager. It would go up from 19 to 20 to like, I, I think it was 26 and a half was the total one time. Uh, are they going to stop? And a half. <laughs> How much? What is it? What is it? I, I'm going off what you said, 26 and a half. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, it went over, went flying over, I think. Went, yeah, no, but, but in any event, um, I think, again, I don't think they could stop each other. Do we see Mike Smith in net for Edmonton after being pulled after just 25 minutes of play in the second period? Is it going to be Francis in net for Colorado tonight? And I I just think this is going to remain an offensive series and could go over by the second period. So a few things there. One, Mike Smith is the, is the starting goalie tonight. Is he the finishing goalie? We'll figure that out later, but you know, and Mike Smith had that big bounce back against Cal Gary in last, in the last round after just getting his butt kicked in uh, the first, you know, six or seven minutes getting pulled. And he wound up having a very solid series. Part of what, what got, um, what got Edmonton over the hump as far as on the Colorado side, uh, that's the question mark. Will it be Francis or will it be Kemper? Who knows? Um, does it matter as far as the way the teams are scoring? That's probably uh, the bigger question. Um, can the scoring pace slow down? So you got an over under of seven out there and you think of the ways that you can get to seven right now, the avalanche are sitting at, you know, minus 160, 170, 180, depending on, uh, what book, uh, what number you're looking at out there, and over under a seven. To, if you're going to take the over in that situation, you're saying that it's not going to be a one goal game. It's most likely going to be a five to three type game or eight to six or something crazy like that. I don't think you're going to see a six to one, six to two type game. Five to three, that's that's a weird score. And, you know, going after an over under like that, that's, ew, that, that's where I, I start to pump the brakes. But with uh, minus 145 juice out there, man, that's that's a lot of wood you got to lay for a lot of goals. But this game could be 0-0 going into the third, and there could be a total of nine goals put up in the third period. That's just how solid the scoring is on both sides and also how shaky the defense is on both sides. Um, at some point, the scoring has to slow down. It's just there's going to be adjustments. The goaltenders will start figuring things out to a degree. And, you know, uh, four to three only pushes on the overrunner. It doesn't get you a victory. Doesn't matter which side you take. Are we going to have a three to two game? Are we going to have a four to two game? I, I guess, you know, I, I think that's a lot more likely than another eight to six, eight to seven, five to four type of game. I'm going to go with the Oilers again because of their ability to bounce back after starting 0-1 in the previous two series. They came back, I think, against the Kings. I think it was six nothing in Game Two, and uh, in the in the Calgary series, five uh, three after a crazy uh, Game One of the second round. And so I think that they could back uh, just bounce back in this game tonight. I I could not believe the number of just open passes like in the slot it was ridiculous there was just no defense of course the goalies gave up a ton of goals in that game the two starters but there were just too many too much wide open ice and a lot of like uncontested uh, passes that went right through players it it was ridiculous and you're not going to get it done neither team could win the cup here 
at this uh, rate if they continue to play that lackadaisical defense. Yeah, no doubt. And I think before we, you know, just completely crap on the defense here, there is just so much skill out there in every line of every team or excuse me, of the, of the West, there are just, there's so much talent. And just, I remember I was uh, just glancing at my phone, watching the first period of game one for a little bit. And I just saw a very boring pass. It was, I forgot who to who, but a defenseman to a forward who was stopped at the blue line. Now I always, I always preach about speed through the neutral zone is what creates the best chances. And this player was just stopped. I'm like, okay, he's going to shoot it back to the defenseman and they're going to do some type of breakout. No, the dude just takes off and he's going full speed. But again, not really content. Creating something out of nothing. There are so many plays where it's a two-on-two rush. And if it's VGK, the the player's going to make a move and shoot into the goalie's crest. With any of the four remaining playoff teams, that two-on-two is going to have an element of creativity to it whether instead of one player darting to the net, one player is going to slow down, drop the puck, and then the player who passed the puck, they're going to try and do a stick lift and you know run a blocking interference type run that hopefully the ref doesn't call and create a higher quality scoring chance. So there is so much creativity up and down all four of these remaining rosters, definitely as far as offense is concerned, a lot more in the West. Something is going to be created from nothing. These players will go to the dirty zones. They will get their stick on the puck and make create havoc for the goalie um going back to the the east really fast the first goal the lightning scored i thought was absolutely brilliant they create a turnover first of all from from the half boards puck winds up on stamkos's stick he i think he went to cooch stamkos just winds up the second he passes the puck and takes a one-timer and it goes in because uh, the goalie just simply doesn't see the puck there was that perfect timing of screen, this perfectly timed screen. It was a beautiful goal. And again, you are taking something from nothing. And that is something, favorite word, something. That is something the Golden Knights lack right now is that creativity. And uh, that's where uh, I think Jack Eichel is going to have to lead us into a, lead us in a creative, creative goal scoring opportunities. Is that a, <laughs> is that a real statistic? Can we uh, put that in the book? Yeah, we can put that in the book. I'm not going to correct you on that one. But I think it was uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins after game number one uh, for Edmonton. Uh, You talked about the neutral zone, right? And he said playing fast in the neutral zone is something that they need to improve on. Uh, They need to be better at. So look for maybe some changes there tonight to try to get the rush started faster. Again, uh, play fast for Edmonton. And that's why I just think, I don't know. Like we asked, I asked you before the first game, I said, will they make any sort of adjustments? Are they both, the both teams going to play fast and that's their game. That's their brand. That's what they're going to continue to do. They're just going to race up and down the ice. And then it's just up to the goaltenders to either stop them or uh, again, we'll see Mike Smith perhaps getting yanked again, but I don't think that they could stop each other. And I'm going to say, put up an eight, put up eight goals for the over under. By the end of the series, we could see a 10. We could see I a 10. definitely think seven and a half is in play, and that's something that's pretty <laughs> unprecedented. Yeah, that would be wild, huh? I haven't seen a seven and a half in the playoffs. Have you ever? I don't know if I've ever seen a seven and a half in my life outside of uh, an all-star game or something. Could be. That was a first period uh, all-star total, by the way. Uh, Chris, it's going to be the first period total tonight, too. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris, we'll catch up again tomorrow. I'll be on the road. I'm headed back to Washington, D.C. in that area. And you'll be here in Las Vegas. And we thank you all for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And now your second listen, you should check out Lockdown NHL from all of these matchups here in the conference finals to each Stanley Cup kiss. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday, free and, uh, free and available wherever you get your podcast. And uh, Chris, maybe uh, sometime during the, uh, the Ranger Tampa series, I'll tell you, maybe I'll tell a story about a Tampa Bay Stanley Cup party that I was a part of one time. Ooh, that sounds fun. You want to get into that? Maybe tomorrow. That sounds fun. Oh, yeah. If nothing happens with VGK, will this organization wake up, hire a coach, do something, make some news, make some headlines. From if a the man, Rangers win tomorrow, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. From a man, Chris Golick. I'm Tony Cardasco. We will see you once again tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.